When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today we are recording in the penalty spot in Sword Street in Glasgow. I've got to say I'm delighted to finally meet Tony Curran, welcome to the show, Tony. How are you? It's lovely to be here. Thank you. You, Your name has popped up a few times on the live discussion on Axon, so thank you for your support. But last December, you gave us like a swag bag of gifts for our charity weekender. Not only that, you then sent them all over the world once the, the winners were announced. So thanks for that. Uh, that was really much appreciated. And it was things from your movie career, Tony, things that you'd picked up over the years. Yeah, no, th- no, thank you. No, uh, there was uh, a lot of um, Vincent and the Doctor that I sent around. People were uh, um, were very kindly donated to, and you obviously, you know, recently you won the treble. You won those awards for uh, Axom. Congratulations for that, my man. That was great. But um, no, it was it was a uh, it was just it was just nice to be able to uh, contribute to 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 the charities and raise money for Axom and and um, get the word out there that this is a it's a few on it watch some Celtic content this this is a a great show to well informed punters <coughs> you might say and uh and uh it's fun it's informative and if you like a bit of music as well obviously um that's uh that's great as well we throw a wee bit of that in when we can we were talking this morning about culture about Celtic and a massive part of the heritage of Celtic of course is charity as well Tony and you're over in Scotland you're based in LA now yeah Los Angeles yeah you're back over here and you, one of the things you did obviously is visit Celtic Park. I'm guessing that is one of the things that's always in your mind, and you visit your family as well. But whilst you're up at Celtic Park, you got involved with the foundation event up there. Go and tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, no, I um, I 
Jane McGuire, who works for the Celtic Foundation, she contacted me quite a few months ago now, and obviously um, her friends Martin Comston, Gianni Capaldi were all uh, asked to be ambassadors, which was a huge honour. And um, <clears throat> because of recent events um, globally with COVID and so on, I haven't been home for almost almost three years, which my mum has uh, not forgiven me um, for, but she's happy to see me now. But as I was back, I, I spoke to Jane um Celtic FC Foundation and she, I said is there anything I can do while I'm over and she mentioned the Celtic uh, sleep out which was uh, which we went I think 110 people at Celtic Park and uh, it's it's it was wonderful to be there at that time of night and obviously through the night um, just thinking about goals and uh, the atmosphere of, of being in that place and sleeping over and um, I think we raised uh, over £40,000 for uh, Celtic FC found the foundation so um <clears throat> the, the, it was a it was a great night and uh, there's also coming up is the um the christmas appeal as well which i've tweeted about and if if um you can check that out um which uh, which is also going to raise some uh, money for the foundation as well which is a, a great thing so it's incredible uh, what they do tony is one of the things i'm most proud of when i say i'm a celtic fan is the, the charitable work that they do um for you to spend the night at celtic park uh, looking around a stadium that you've spent so much time in in your youth um but let's think back to the time where you appeared on in the park again for a charity event. Tell us about that. Lubo, Lubo versus Henrik, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, Henrik's heroes versus um, uh, Lubo's legends. Yeah, no, that was a great. Uh, it was a great day. I think the day before uh, it, there was a there was a, a, a cup final at Hamden, and it was. Um, uh, that was the first first treble. Obviously, Aberdeen scored first, I believe. Was it Armstrong who equalised? Was it? And then uh, I was there with my nephew. I was there with Martin and my nephew Barry Johnson. And then, of course, there was just that amazing moment where um, the Wizard of Oz uh, with those big size twelves. Um, uh, scored that incredible goal and, and sent the Celtic fans into uh, you know uh, ecstatic scenes. Um, so that was a great night. And then, of course, the next day we were on the bus with uh, with Henrik and Tom Boyd and Bobo and uh, Harold Bratback, everybody, and um, we were on our way to Celtic Park. And uh, uh, I, I was I said to you earlier on my nephew Barry Johnson at the time working for Adidas pulled out some. He gave us some boots. Me, Ross McCall, Martin Comston. I, but they were very, very, you know, very brightly coloured boots and um, ones that Bruni wears, actually. So uh, I pulled them out and gave them to Martin and Ross. And they're like, I don't know if I'm going to wear these. They're a, bit, they're a bit bright, aren't they? And I was sort of pulling them out. And all we heard from the back of the bus was, hey, what do you got there? What are you doing? And uh, I turned around. And I said, oh, I've got some football boots from my nephew in Germany. And it was Henrik. And he's like... Whoa, those are those are very bright. He goes, you know, those aren't football boots. These are football boots. And he pulled up these sort of black, you know, dirty, polished black Adidas Mundials that he, he wears, you know. So we all had a good laugh about that, you know. But, I mean, playing at Celtic Park, obviously, was, <clears throat> was a dream for any Celtic fan. And there was 60,000 people there. So, um, uh, yeah, I... Tom Boyd said to me, what position do you play? I said, obviously, I'm not a footballer, but maybe right wing, right um, midfield. And he went, all right then, left back. And uh, <clears throat> and, and at one point during the game, because I kept tearing up the wing, 
He's like, Curran, get back, get back. Later on, he said to my brother Paul, he said, uh, Paul, your brother's an actor, aye. And Paul said, aye. He goes, uh, how? He goes, because he doesn't take direction very well. <laughs> so, uh, no, but uh, obviously it was a joy. And we're in the changing rooms with Henrik, Bobo, Tom. And uh, it was, yeah, was taking pictures, autographs. It was a, yeah, it was a real joyous joyous day you know thing is when you look at a career in film you, there must be moments where you pinch yourself anyway but for a Celtic fan you know spending time with some of the guys that you've watched as heroes we spoke earlier about the 6-2 game yeah and then you're in a bus and you're on a park with Henrik Larson it's incredible yeah. isn't it no it was incredible it is I mean you can only imagine what it was just I said earlier and it was just for a moment thinking what it would be like to be a to be a Celtic player or, or uh, feel like a I'm a Celtic legend, but like going towards the park. Um, I mean, you can only imagine what it was like back in '67 when, when the Lisbon Lions arrived back at Celtic Park at Paradise with the, with the European Cup, and uh, those those moments, scenes of them coming off the bus and and then you know going round Celtic Park with the with the trophy. Um, you know, iconic iconic images. But you know, obviously. But getting off a bus at Celtic Park <laughs> with a bunch of celebrities and uh, and, and and legendary players was a uh, was an absolute dream come true and a joy. You know, I hope we get to do it again. What was it like with the, with the full stadium? I mean, in terms of the atmosphere, you hear about people crumbling European nights. It yeah, inspires people. Yeah. What was the atmosphere like when you're on the park? Oh God, it's incredible. The first thing I noticed was was it was like a billiard table. And mm-hmm. um, well, we got to go on it beforehand, and obviously. Um, uh, warm up, and uh, obviously we were the, the, the treble winning, you know, day before. So we'd had a few libations. Please drink responsibly, but uh, but everybody's feeling a bit ropey. But uh, it was just like you're pinching yourself. And I think at the end of the game, I did a sort of a, uh, I did a video, a live video to a bunch of my mates, New Yorkers and uh, people from London, Glasgow, Los Angelinos. Just uh, I was showing them around the park, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's amazing!" You know that everybody was happy that you were there you know had some family in the stands but <clears throat> well I think what you felt you know even being a you know whatever you're an actor or whatever anybody did who wasn't a footballer there was the warmth of the Celtic fans and uh, it was um, good for you pal you know and it uh, must be a must be a, a, a great experience and, and it was you know even I mean doing the Celtic sleepover just being there mm. at night with no fans in the stadium um, was kind of beautiful, surreal, and a, a, sort of a weirdly romantic, if I can put it like that. You know, it was a sort of the, 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 the stadium emanates um, uh, and brings up so many memories. When I was trying to go to sleep, I said to you earlier, all I kept thinking about was um, was Henrik, not and your man, and then chipping it over, uh, chipping it over Kloss in the, in the, for the fifth goal in the six-two game. <laughs> I kept re- reliving uh, Celtic goals that had been scored at that end, you know. So um, no wonder I never got any sleep. A special place. <laughs> the other thing, when I go to Celtic Park now, I, I do think back to the older days where I'm going with my dad in the jungle, a completely different stadium, yeah. but the same kind of feeling, the same energy uh, within that. Yeah. What's your earlier memories, Tony, of going to Celtic Park? Well, I mean... Uh, one of my earliest memories, well, my mum, we live at uh, Kings Park and we've always lived there. My mum's lived there for 54 years and, and I used to, we'd be in the back garden and as a five-year-old to six-year-old, we'd, I'd always hear the what they would call the hand and roar. And you hear that, ah, ah, 
you know, that little moment of silence before the eruption. And I was there, you know, Celtic or however Scotland were playing, you'd hear that noise and it was sort of um, getting your bones so um, and then of course it was uh, for me it was like walking or, or get jumping on the bus um, through Brigton to, to, <laughs> to Celtic Park and uh, and I'd be like 8 or 9 years old which I don't think kids do that anymore these days and there's like 70, 80, 75,000 people there um, it was it was the old adage gonna geezer lifty mister because at the time the turnstiles were up to there and, and he'd stand, he didn't have a ticket he'd stand in front of someone and alright mate, someone would just throw you over and then it'd be you, your mates and you'd be like oh we're in and then you'd be walking up into the jungle and uh, just, just as you said earlier on, the heat as soon as you went in there, and uh, the low gantry where the cameras were, and that sort of uh, collective, um, uh, sort of uh, energy of, of of the fans and, and the away fans was uh, it was just an incredible atmosphere. And obviously, a lot of the European nights. Um, uh, I remember, you know, Jackie Jackanovsky. There was that. What was oh, it? That, that the four, the partisan. Was it the fourth, four three game? Or the, what, that was that was five four in the night. Five four in the night. Yeah. I mean, I was at that game, and then um, just just the atmosphere was. Uh, I mean, it's very different now, obviously, with, with the with the, um, uh, the sixty thousand seater, but um, but been able to go to Celtic Park at that time, and also going to Hamden as well for for big games. Like I was at the semi final against Hearts when we were 1-0 down in the centenary season in the Celtic end and um, I was at the final um, uh, Gallagher was it he scored first again and then we equalised and then um, um, and then we, we, McAvenny we went on to win it but I, I was talking to Tosh McKinley the other night the Celtic uh, Tommy Byrne story and he was uh, he was saying that uh, we um, it was Billy Stark and Tommy Burns and they were saying um, when they got the equaliser they're like okay maybe we'll get it into uh, apparently at, at that time it wasn't extra time it was a replay yeah. a final, on, a final of, on the Wednesday he said and he, he, he sort of said to me he goes I Stark said to Burns or vice versa he goes right let's go on and win this because they, they were going to Gran Canaria <laughs> the next day or a couple of days later they were going to Tenerife on holiday and um, they might have had to change their plans you know let's go on and win this and um, I, I always have this image um, even you see it on TV but I remember looking at Caesar looking at Billy McNeil and all he was doing was like up the bar and his, his, his suit was waving I get goosebumps thinking about that and uh, was like go on win it win it and um, you know the ball came over Mark McGee and then all was and then it was obviously uh, it wasn't McGee was, uh, was it, uh, yeah, and then it was uh, McAvenny made the touch that finish though when you look at it how many times have we I seen know. a striker putting that over the bar I mean unbelievable how uh, uh, I mean his agility Frank McAvenny there and how he could have went anywhere that ball because it was coming at him with pace you know um but that feeling was incredible and just uh, so yeah I mean going to Celtic Park going to Hamden I mean going to other away grounds Tynecastle or going to Ibrox at the time it was it was uh, it, it, yeah it's fond, fond memories you know but, um, but just uh, you know nobody was sitting down there was no seats you know you were terracing you know so um, yeah fond memories I follow you on social media and you posted I think last night a tremendous picture of a family member with yeah. Jock Steen and Joe Beltrami at Celtic Park 
talk to us about your family connection to Celtic. Yeah, yeah, it's my uh, my mum, uh, my mum's dad, my papa, as I call him, my grandfather Tommy Riley, um, my mum's dad. Yeah, he was he was a scout for Celtic from the late sixties um, up through the early seventies. Friend of Jock Steen, probably a God bless friend of Bertie, friend of the Lisbon Lions, and um, uh, yeah, I've, I've mentioned it before. It was. Um, him and Sean Fallon and uh, I think I read about, about it recently which I didn't realise he was at Ibrox uh, uh, Danny McGrain was playing at a game against England I believe under 18s and my papa Tommy was there with Sean Fallon they spotted him apparently to uh, Danny was playing out of position that night he was playing right midfield they got battered apparently by England but anyway the um the pitch was a bit of a mud bath but he came off and Danny didn't think he played too well but afterwards um, my papa um, I don't know if it was that night or the night after but they went up to Drum Chapel and they said can we speak to you Danny about um, you know possibly signing you for Celtic you know and then apparently went up and um, um, if I can talk about this and I don't know if it's Danny or Danny's family said oh, that's great thank you Mr Fallon Mr Riley but um, do you know that I'm a I'm a, I'm a Protestant and um, maybe um, this 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 is I'm pretty sure it's true. He goes, uh, my papa said, I I do, son. I know that you're a Protestant, but I, you know I don't. We don't care if you're a Protestant, Catholic, you know, Jewish, Muslim, <laughs> or you come from another planetary system. As long as you can play football, son, you can play for Celtic. So, and uh, you know they obviously uh, you know, scouted to, uh, Danny, and um, the rest, as they say, is history. So yeah, no, I've been, but you know. Um, you know, my papa was a, you know, he was very much invested in the boxing at the time as well, and into uh, he was a scout for Celtic. So yeah, to have that, um, t to have that part of my family with Celtic as well as uh, is obviously uh, yeah, it makes you makes you very proud. Absolutely, this is the interesting thing about Celtic. Danny McGrain's told me this story, and it's in my book. Yeah. Danny was the first ever person I interviewed for my first book and he told me that story <laughs> so so your papa's named in the book which is over there yeah, and you can yeah. take that away so um, I love the fairy tale of Celtic I, I really do I love the fairy tale element and I've read over the years that there will be something cinematic uh, Celtic related a movie a big budget movie mm -hmm. it's never materialised Tony mm -hmm. is that something that you think would work on on the silver screen well I mean don't see why it, why not I mean if you look at um, obviously I mean, recently Bendit like Bertie is on right now Jim's um, play I haven't seen it I've heard it's wonderful is it the 65 cup yeah. run or, and then um, uh, the Tommy Burns uh, story uh, well even in the centenary year there was the Celtic story. mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Story in the theater. Um, um, but there's so much richness and so much romanticism and and uh, you know characters and, and legendary moments um, 
with within the Celtic club, uh, the, I, I, I don't see why not. I think the, I think there could very well be a film that's attached to it, um, whether it's to do with the Lisbon Lions or whatever it may be. I think the, I think there's there's oh, there's so much um, possibilities there, and um, uh, that. Uh, yeah, and then any of of course anybody would uh, who's a Celtic fan and, and an actor would want to be part of that, you know. Um, but it's funny when you look back at the players, you know, that Tommy Gemmell or Willie Wallace or some of these characters, you know, even even back then they looked older, you know, <laughs> they looked older than they. It's sort of like uh, that, that big that mug on them, you know. Like, um, year twenty, Roy Aiken. Yeah, he's twenty eight. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you think, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they certainly see There's a maturity about them, and obviously, yeah, feed the bear, you know. That I think Roy Aiken's hair at the time, he had this big fro, didn't he? This amazing sort of a do. But, you know, I guess the. Um, I, Tough, different times, John. You know, tough, tough, tough times. No moisturiser back no, then. No, the big question is. Should that movie ever see the light of day? Who do you play? Oh, look at that. <laughs> well, that's the good one. If, if I was if I was ever uh, fortunate enough to be part of that, that would be um, I don't know. Some friends of mine said you look like Tommy Gamble with that big conk of mine, you know, or <laughs> Willie Wallace or someone like that. But um, I mean, th- I mean, they've done films um uh, that. The Nottingham Forest film, didn't they? They did it about. Um, that was incredible. That was wonderful, the wasn't it? Michael, Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen yeah, brilliant. So, um, yeah, if there if there was a story, I think, um, um, I think it would be very moving and very poignant, and it would be a great celebration of um, of what Celtic is about. And I think it's all. I think it would be more about. Um, um, Maybe they're calling me now. Maybe maybe they're going to offer me a role or something. Is that is that Scorsese? <laughs> is that Sc- <laughs> tell him tell him I <laughs> I'm in. Um, if I can go on about that, I think it'd be a story that wouldn't uh, I think would be interesting for not just Celtic fans, but just to, you know for for anybody really. I think if you tell a story about um, a club or or but if it has a if if there's a an attachment that people can relate to, not just because it's Celtic, but just because I think the the sort of um, the foundation of Celtic and where Celtic came from and, and what we sort of stand for with, with charity and Brother Walford and, you know, Irish immigrants coming over and try to find a, a home because they were um, displaced from their own home um, and the welcome from some areas that they got in the west coast of Scotland is a, is a, is a very... Um, I think maybe it's a very important story to tell, you know, and people can relate to that no matter um, where they come from. Is that the same when you're over in the States and you speak to people who maybe don't know Celtic? I love these pictures you see on social media with yourself and others who are introducing the club to big uh, Hollywood actors. How do you do that? How do you sell this fairy tale and and how well received is it? Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, I I think, um, I think one of the first things that that people notice is is the um, the ferocity of passion that <laughs> that, that you may uh, that you may um, display, especially when you go, hey, uh, do you want to come to a, a football game? You know, and a, a friend of mine who. Uh, 
uh, my daughters go to the same school. Uh, we were up in a place called Mammoth one time, and he's skiing actually. And he's like, ah, I said, "This is Celtic Rangers game on. Do you want to come?" And he's like, "Aye, aye, sure." What what time what time is it? And I said, "It's uh, it's four o'clock." You know, and he went, "Oh, bro, oh, we can go for a bit on the mountain and then come down and get a wee, uh, you know, a wee drink." And he said, "I said no, it's it's four a.m." And he went. Oh, what it's 4am so uh, and so bless him he's a friend David and he ended up um, making some bloody prepping some bloody Marys and we got up at 3.30 went into this hotel lobby and watched a, a Celtic game and um, <clears throat> and then uh, he's a Browns fan he's a Cleveland Browns fan which is another another story but they haven't won for a while so anyway he could relate to uh, <laughs> we weren't doing too well at that point but um, but he definitely saw the, uh, the fervour and um, yeah I just think when you start talking about Celtic to people and your, your sort of relationship to your club and um, uh, especially living away from Glasgow and living away from Scotland uh, which I miss I mean it's been difficult recently been away for so long but because um, it's been almost three years but I think the uh, the passion that these people display and because when I finish jobs sometimes the directors I work with I end up buying them a Celtic top you know <laughs> and they're like oh okay thanks man you know <laughs> they're like you know Lakers fans or they're, uh, they're like American football but you but um, but by the end of the the job or the gig they're like they, they're like all right yeah no up up, up the Celtic you know <laughs> I love that I love spreading the words and as you say sometimes it's natural because you're showing the passion um, you have been involved in movies where it's superhero movies mm-hmm. who was your Celtic superheroes. Well, it's a great question. Well, I mean, you look. I'm looking at a picture right now of Danny McGrain there. You know, definitely. Uh, there's, uh, there's no obviously my, the connection we had to my papa, uh, Tommy Riley. Um, but uh, I mean, gosh, you, you think about Tommy Burns as well, and that that centenary season. I mean, my early, my earliest um, uh, memories. Paul McStay as well, obviously, is uh, the maestro. Um, but you looking further back, I mean, uh, I mean, Jinky Johnston. It was always um, uh, the wizard, you know, on the wing, you know. Is uh, it was always one of my, uh, you know, that he's a fellow ginger, you know. <laughs> that, that just uh, I, th- I think for many Celtic fans that you know that 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 love the beautiful game. Um, a winger is always a, an attractive, uh, you know, um, someone to watch who can beat players and take it down the line, cross it, or just go a cut inside, shoot, and so on. I think Jinky Johnson has always been someone um, I met many, many years ago, and it's just, I mean, the, I mean, obviously with Bertie's passing, um, it's a very, you know, everybody's, you know, a heart. And everybody will go out to his family right now, but um, but I think that the whole vibe about the Lisbon lines and the romanticism that you mentioned about Celtic is this sort of just a sort of collective uh, humanity and, and warmth mm. about all those guys, you know, Bobby Lennox and Clark and uh, Willie Wallace, Tommy Gemmo, and this, whenever you met them, you know, you um. You kind of felt like they were your uncles, you know. With a, <laughs> they kind of felt like family. They didn't. All right, what do you, what do you want? You know, there was always, ah, do you want an autograph? Or do you want a picture, son? Um, certainly, with Bertie Auld, he was. Uh, I mean, I don't even if you can say arguably the one of the most gregarious 
uh, Lions, Celtic players that ever was, you know, and he was always ready with a, a, a story, taking the mick, always in good humour, and and uh, just uh, I, I met him in Vegas once actually, yeah, but um, but just a joy to be around. But uh, my, my nephew, if, if I can go on, but uh, Barry. I've mentioned before he uh, was talking to him about my papa and he said uh, I, I tweeted it the other night I said I Tommy Riley I one of the most um, uh, well dressed men I've ever met you know with the, with the, with the beautiful cufflinks and uh, you know just just impeccably dressed son impeccably dressed so what happened to you you know so <laughs> he was always uh, um, you know he's the king of the one liners but um, but uh, that's the warmth of the those players has always been a uh, a huge factor of, of being a Celtic fan it's incredible they make you feel special don't they when you meet yeah, them no totally you, you, they don't feel like a you know, airs or there's no airs or graces. Uh, when you were talking about that in the show this week, there's just a sort of a a great warmth and a great um, like they they're living they were living their dream. You know, like Bobby Lennox's you know statue, that's that beautiful statue that was I saw recently. Is in Solcoats, is it? Yeah. Um, Bobby Lennox's smile. You know, when you meet those guys, you know, it was just a uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're first. You know, Northern European team, British team, whatever you want to call it, to win the big cup from a 30 mile radius uh, from Glasgow. I mean, uh, the likes of that uh, would well, never, maybe never been done, and it's probably never going to be done again. So, definitely. We, we had a conversation the other week. It was um, tongue in cheek, but I've always thought. Bertie Old Huzz, the movie star looks, he could have been in a gangster movie, Tony. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, as, as, as funny as Bertie was, and he said, all right, all right, son, you know, but when he, when he, when he looked at you, you know, when he was, uh, when he, or he, he's sort of, he's turned a phrase, you know, he's, uh, yeah, he, he, you only want to mess with him, you know. <laughs> well, he'd some engine on him as a football player as yeah. well, you know. Um, but uh, beautiful hair as well, you know. <laughs> uh, absolutely, with a brilliant. <laughs> absolutely. Now, when we talk about your own career, your movie career, when did you realise yourself, Tony, that this was for me? I, I'm an actor, I want to do this. Um, that's a good question. Um, actually, apparently, my mum tells me a story when I was three years old, and there was an insurance man who came to our house one day, and um, and he, he, I was sitting there just playing around, and he said, "All right, Tony, what do you want to do, son? Do you want to be a fireman or a doctor or a plumber?" And uh, and apparently, of course, I don't recall this, but my mother assures me, I said, and I said, "Oh," and I stood up defiantly. I said, "Oh, I'm going to be an actor." So um, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. But uh, when I was fourteen years old, I went to Holyrood Secondary School in the South Side. Before that, St Fillins was my primary school. But but when I was fourteen years old, I got an opportunity to uh, to do a TV show with David Mackay. Actually, who's a big Celtic man um, uh, called Stucky. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, always ready to take a chance. Catchy, catchy, catchy music there. And so there was fact, a few Celtic jerseys in that yeah, show. There was yeah, and Lenny O'Malley was another um, Cel- uh, Celtic man in it. There was a few. Yeah, I think David Mackay definitely made sure that Stucky was uh, was a Celtic man. But that was the first gig that I ever got, like television gig. Um, I'd done some theatre, but. Um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to go on from that to um, go to drama school at Royal Scottish Academy and then uh, 
and then I went, went to Edinburgh, did a lot of theatre, and moved to London. And um, uh, I, I, I didn't make a conscious choice to leave the UK and go to California, but um, I did a film, Lady of Extraordinary Gentlemen in the Czech Republic. Sadly, it was Sean Connery's last film, but I, I worked with some uh, some Brits and some Europeans, Americans over there, and they said, "Come to LA, la la la." And I ended up selling my house and then uh, moving over there, and um, uh, I seemed to get work. So I just sort of uh, uh, just seems to continue from there. But no, it's been uh, I've been very lucky, you know. Like I mean, like God bless Bertie Ald. What, what he says from his um, upbringing. You know, he he was, feels very fortunate, like Tommy Burns and the Tommy Burns story, saying, "You know, I'm living the dream." You know, so I'm I'm definitely very uh, um, uh, I think I'm a humble person, you know, to be quite honestly, and I'm very appreciative of the opportunities I've been given. But um, I, people say, "You've been lucky, son," and I, I'm like, "Yeah, I have been lucky." But at the same time, you make your own luck. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but. Um, I hope it continues. I hope so as well. One final question, uh, Tony, is we, as a, as a Celtic fan growing up, you hear the stories of the Lions and the teams that have gone before. And I think about the team that stopped the 10. I think about Martin O'Neill's era, Brendan Rodgers' era, and, you know, quadruple treble, nine in a row. We're moving into a new era with Ange. I like what I hear. I've liked a lot of what I've seen. Where do you think Ange Postacoglu can take us? Yeah, I mean... That's yet to be written, obviously. But listening to the show this week and, and listening to Ange a few days ago, the the, the, the AGM and the, the conversation that he had, and he had time for everybody, he answered everybody's question. He appears to me to be a man who's very comfortable in his own skin um, and who has, he seems to have uh, wonderful integrity, the man, wonderful humanity. Um, and his sort of uh, values that he talks about not just as a football manager, but as a as a human being, as a man, uh, they seem to very much uh, mirror like Celtics um, philosophy, doctrine, you know, values, and um, and he, you know, as you mentioned on the show, he gets it, you know, and uh, I I think his uh, him as a man and also him as a football manager um, uh, are. Are really a match made in heaven right now for Celtic, you know. I mean, some of the football we've been playing, the players that he signed, you know. I mean, obviously, uh, Kyogo and Yota, and um, are, are, are the players and playing the way that Celtic fans want to see us play, you know, with that sort of rapier, um, you know, cut and thrust to to their play, um, and also. We seem to be defending quite well as well, which is also also an important factor in winning winning trophies. Uh, um, so I think um, Ange Postecoglou um, is uh, is is in a very good place right now, and I think Celtic are in a very good place. We're in a semi final today. Um, we're still in Europe. Um, we've been playing some really good football. And some fantastic goals have been scoring and um, I think that also if, if he can get invested with the with the you know with, with the the background as well of, of, of you know the, up the stairs with the suits as well obviously 
Don Mackay leaving was a bit of a shock to the system. He'd not been there very long. And th- that's something that I think that there's a transparency that maybe hopefully needs to happen more with the Celtic support and the board because um, obviously last season wasn't fun. And um, I think that if I think that Ange has a, a, a way about him that if, if he can if he can make that connection, you know, more seamless, then I think um, that uh, it'd be good for it'd be good for Celtic going forward. You know, I mean, he's a he's a lovely. He seems like a lovely human being, doesn't he? Do you think? You know, and he likes to engage with the Celtic fans when he's out and about. Oh yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, as well. Uh, Declan, mate, mate, Declan McConville mate. has met him a few times. Oh, yeah, Tony Declan. Declan has brought. I met him the other night at, at Heritage. He's a he's a he's a great lad, and um, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Now, I need to thank you once again for supporting Axel. Uh, we really appreciate that, Tony. But thank you once again for joining us on a Pleasure. Celtic State of Mind. Hail, hail. <laughs> Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.